welcome to the Wellness Alchemy Podcast. I'm your host, Janelle. I'm a naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist, and the owner of Seeds of Health. I've got a special passion for fasting and skin health. In today's episode, I interview Jane, my cousin. Jane has spent much of her life not feeling her feelings. She learned the importance of recognizing how she actually feels and letting that emotion actually exist, even if it feels yuck for a while. Jane lives in Sydney and loves teaching the flute to enthusiastic young and old flute players. So today with Jane, we get to discuss the art of sitting still. Let's dive in. Okay, today I get to welcome my cousin Jane onto the podcast. Welcome, Jane. Thank you, Janelle. I'm excited to welcome Jane onto the podcast today to talk about the point of sitting still. So we have both done Vipassanas in our past and due to life circumstances and our personalities, we both tend towards overwhelm easily. So I wanted to invite Jane onto the podcast today to discuss how she copes with overwhelm and also her viewpoint or her view or her perspective on the point of sitting still. So Jane, could you talk to us today about why and when you did your first Vipassana? It was back in, I think, 2014 and I did two, about a year apart, two 10-day ones and I went off to Blackheath in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales um, on day zero and then sat still for 10 days and then finished on day 11. So it's really 11 nights that you're there. This is true. Could you actually explain to the listeners what a Vipassana is for people who are unaware of the point of one or what actually happens during a Vipassana? Well, I went because I was I was feeling pretty desperate. I was feeling very unhappy in my relationship. Um, and it was a point of desperation. And I'd heard it was a meditation retreat where you don't talk for 10 days. I didn't really know anything more than that. But I thought, you know, if people speak so highly of it, then I'm going to go and try it. And I thought 10 days of solitude actually felt quite nice because I was so stressed with life at the time um so you actually don't talk for 10 days and you're around other people and you even share a room with them but you do lots and lots of meditation where they take you into a big meditation hall and for me there was it was at least 50 people in there um probably more than 50 and you're guided through meditation starting early in the morning you get fed breakfast and then you do more meditation and then you get fed lunch and then you do more meditation and then you don't get fed dinner <laughs> and then you do more med- meditation and then you go to sleep and then you repeat <laughs> and you don't talk. And it's so Sound fun. <laughs> it's so intense because yeah. the reason it's intense is because we're not used to um, not having a, a distraction on hand. Mm. So what I really discovered through it, apart from not being with your phone for that length of time and not just sort of picking it up and distracting yourself, what I found a big thing that I distract myself with is um, uh, food. 
I just wanted to eat the whole time. <laughs> so, so from a, um, I guess, fasting perspective, you're wanting potentially to suppress emotions that are coming up by looking for food as a distraction, right? Absolutely. And that's where I learnt on, on, at d- dinner time for 10 days in a row in this Vipassana, that's where I learnt that I often want to eat because it's something to do and a distraction rather than actually being hungry. So I learned to separate the feeling of wanting to eat for something to do and the, the feeling of actually being hungry. So mm. that was an excellent um, discovery in that. Mm. Um, but the, the biggest um, shock <laughs> for me was when you sit still and you're doing this um, meditation that's guided for the first sort of 15 minutes and then they say, right, just sit there for another hour you have thoughts and there's nothing to distract you from them and it's a bit of a shock because we're not used to sitting with our thoughts for so long. Mm. Um, and, and I would add that during the Vipassana retreats, there is a discourse or a lecture each night to educate you or guide you on how to deal with the progressiveness and the intensity of the practice so you're not just left for 11 days to sit in a room with yourself there's some really useful guidance each night you're still very much alone with yourself but I do think um, there's tools that you develop over that time to um, work through the potential intensity of your thoughts it's extremely structured the 11 days Day one, you do this, you're working on this in your meditations and you have instruction. And day two, you're doing this. But the the guidance is always for about 15 minutes and then you have quite a few number of hours Mm. (laughs) or at least an hour or or two at a time to fill and then you have more instruction. So so like Janelle said, you've got a lot of um, time with your thoughts. The biggest thing to come out of this Vipassana that I did was um, being um, learning how to um feel things honestly it was learning how to have emotions and actually have them exist without distracting myself with just you know life or just job or patting a dog or eating or talking (laughs) talking Mm. connection yeah yeah you're really forced to um face what you're thinking in your head Mm. it's quite uncomfortable but a complete breakthrough and the reason that Janelle's asked me to talk about this purpose of sitting still is not actually um, all about Vipassana. It's it's the concept for me that came out of it, um, that being five years ago, is that ever since I did that, now I see the value of um, just sitting still for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and asking myself how I actually feel. Mm. So let's launch into that. So I agree with Jane that Today's discussion is not about about the Vipassana style of meditation. Um, I wanted to ask you, Jane, how your meditation practice or stillness practice or dealing with emotions practice yeah. or support for overwhelm practice oh has transformed since your Vipassana retreats. They're all good words. I think technically it's meditation, but I just don't call it that because um, often people um, put that 
term of meditation or people that do meditation into a box because they have an idea of what it um, is and they think that they're not very good at it or it's very spiritual but they're not spiritual or they think that it's really hard or Or that it has to be done a certain way perhaps yes and I kind of made up (laughs) my version by myself because it works for me I like to call it um Oh, sometimes reflection time. Not that I actually call it that with a capital R and a capital T. <laughs> but still, I liked what, what did you say, Janelle? Still, still, stillness something. Sometimes I call it shoving myself in a corner and forcing myself to sit still. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I called it. It was good, whatever it was. Um, <laughs> the point of sitting still? Yeah, you had a really good way of saying it. Okay. Um, what was your question? <laughs> how has your practice transformed <laughs> since your Vipassana retreats? Well, it um, how has it softened perhaps because it's very structured that style of meditation. Yeah, well, I never really came out of Vipassana going. I'm going to do two hours in the morning and two hours in the night, which is, I think it's what they recommend. Mm. There's no way I was. But you were definitely that. diligent from from what no, we shared. I was. So you people see. Janelle probably saw what I was doing as diligent in that I would do this a few times a day. I'd I'd even go to a public toilet and um, stand in the cubicle just five or ten minutes to myself. But it wasn't diligence. It was the complete opposite. It was desperation. Mm. And so what I learned out of Vipassana was to um, recognize when I was feeling unsettled, Mm. recognize when I had um, generally negative emotions, sort of like a stressy sort of feeling in me that I hadn't been able to recognize before going to Vipassana. I just distract myself with something. I learned to recognize that feeling. And, and, it, and as soon as I started recognizing it, it was coming up all the time. Like this is for a, a solid six to 12 months or like many times a day. And I had to go and find somewhere quiet where I could just actually go and um, feel that emotion that I was feeling, which is generally some kind of stress emotion, feeling overwhelmed with a little bit of stress. That I couldn't. I learnt that I couldn't um, keep it down anymore, and it had, was multiple times a day. It was needing to come out, and it didn't really come out in an embarrassing way, like screaming or crying or um, punching the cubicle doors and the <laughs> doors. I just need to actually let myself feel it by myself. Mm. Sometimes I cried, but not howling, screaming, just <laughs> in the public toilet. <laughs> yeah, Are you okay, love? <laughs> um, so I learned to recognize that feeling of I'm actually not feeling okay. Mm. And so multiple times a day I had to go and just let myself feel that. And then over the years it became less and less frequent to the point that now it's not even every day. It's just when I maybe a couple of times a week, maybe in a period of a couple of days, it's a few times a day, but just for a couple of days and then I feel back on track. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So that was my next question, actually. Um, I wanted to know how does sitting still support you these days? Um, it gives me a space to actually um, feel how, genuinely feel how I feel. Mm. So that if I, you know how sometimes if, if you've tried, if you're listening to this and you've tried to meditate and you go, uh, what do I do? Well, sometimes you get in a, I know I need to sit still and then I sit there and I'm like, so what am I having for dinner? What am I doing today? Oh, look at that thing on the wall. That's interesting. I've never seen that before. <laughs> you know, just distracting yourself. The way that I get into it is I, I say to myself, what am I feeling or how do you feel? 
Hmm. just to try and connect with what I'm actually feeling. And then that starts the ball rolling. Um, and it's generally something negative because that's the reason that I've um, realised that I need to sit hmm. something negative. And I, and I need to think it through going, am I feeling overwhelmed? Am I feeling um, angry? Am I feeling sad? And I f- Am I feeling um, ashamed about something? Um, all sorts of different types of negative emotions. Am I confused about something? Am I hurt? Um, by someone um and just let that exist and then when it when it when it can um have a space i guess to um to exist it it um it generally passes but it goes through a phase of just kind of um giving space to I, i keep saying space to exist but it's true but what happens is when it exists and you let yourself feel it instead of shoving it down or saying all the reasons why you shouldn't be angry is that when you can let it be at a process. Mm, I feel like another way of wording that is like you acknowledge it. Yeah. So it's like it's a little being or entity or thought or accumulation of cells or however you want to visualize it. It sounds like cancer. And and will possibly turn (laughs) into cancer when you don't acknowledge it. (laughs) And it's got a voice and it wants to be heard. And um, positive or negative, by giving it a voice, Mm. it then softens. Definitely. It's funny that we use different language. And if you're listening, you might have different language. Janelle says that it softens and I say that it processes. But Mm. I think we mean exactly the same thing. Definitely. there's another word that I just heard the other day, a few days ago, someone, I think it was a psychologist or in the context of psychology, they were talking about emotional regulation. Mm. And I've realized this, this is what sitting still does for me. Mm. It, it keeps me emotionally regulated. Mm. Like unbelievably, I'm so much happier, clearer, clearer, um, clearer minded, um, just feeling balanced. And I, I think that's what people call emotionally regulated and that's exactly what sitting still as long whenever I need it will do mm. for me mm. it's the outcome of it awesome and I would add words like centered connected to myself grounded mm. yeah and I wanted to add um, about the Vipassana style of meditation so I have done two 10-day retreats and um, Jane and my experience I think are quite different from what we've shared over the years and I found that Uh, the second retreat that I did was quite rigid and quite military-like and quite, um, I found myself resisting it and wanting to run away um, because I wanted to sort of be more of an individual in the space. However, what I've taken away from both of those retreats is the simplicity of the tool of concentrating on your breath. So when Jane was speaking before about Um, what do I do when I sit down and you said you ask yourself how you're feeling and sometimes your mind can be really busy you know what am I having for dinner etc I find the simple practice of concentrating on the breath brings me back to my center and my mind can still be busy but it's given me this really potent but ridiculously simple tool wow which is amazing I think like I'll always have that tool in my toolkit yeah. No matter what my experience was at Vipassana, I'm grateful that I've got that tool to work with. That's so interesting that we have different 
approaches to getting into the zone. Mm. Not like a zone where you float off the ground, but just a zone where you're not thinking about lots and lots of stuff. Yeah. That, I find that really interesting. Well, maybe a zone of stillness. Yeah. Or connection with um, your inside self. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so I would love to wrap up by suggesting to the listeners or getting you, Jane, to suggest to the listeners or newbie meditators, depending what stage you're at of meditation. Um, what could you suggest for people wanting to deal with their emotions? Well, I've got two things to say. One's really simple and then the other one is a bit more profound. Um, one is that I, when I sit in my corner <laughs> with my legs crossed because I'm flexible um, and ask myself how I actually feel, I like putting a blanket over my shoulders because it, it gives me a sense of feeling um, snugly and um, you'd probably call it supported, wouldn't you? Or safe feeling. And it just does something to me psychologically. It's a bit of a ritual, I guess. It could be because that's what you do in Vipassana. You have a blanket over your shoulders and it it might be just that I'm used to that. But it really Mm. helps me feel like I'm protected to um, explore what's going on inside my Mm. noggin (laughs) or heart. (laughs) One or the other. (laughs) And the other one... It's a little more profound and I'm, I honestly, I'm not sure if this is um, specific to me or if it's helpful to everyone, but I would suspect that it's definitely helpful to some people, which is, it's so important to let yourself feel what you're feeling without telling yourself that you shouldn't feel that. Um, because mm. you can sit in a corner and feel things that you're, you'd be ashamed to say but you don't have to say it to anyone. You can, you just feel them. And then when you start um, feeling how you really feel, what happens is that they integrate into you mm. and that causes more, you know, balance overall or something like that. Mm. Somehow they integrate a process, process and Janelle said soften. So it's really, really important to let yourself in this situation, feel, feel what you th- Feeling without telling yourself or um, just no, what's the word? Rationalizing why you shouldn't feel them. For example, mm. you're angry at someone or some situation. You just got to let yourself feel it in this moment. Mm. In reality, you might deal with it in a different way. Mm. You know. Um, yeah, and when you come back to the word soften, I feel like another word from my perspective to contextualize this is I may soften but I drop out of my head and into my heart hmm nice Mm. so I yeah yep I think um that may help some of the listeners but I love what you shared today Jane thank you so much for coming on the podcast and giving people a little bit more reason to perhaps sit still and why they may choose to do more sitting still can I add something of course (laughs) the the outcome of all of this is that you have a better life Mm. (laughs) you're happier and you're way more productive 
you can think so much more clearly and creatively and whatever you're wanting to pursue in your life whether it's um, a different career or a or progress in your current career or relationships um, or just life in general it gives you so much more clarity so much more clarity mm, we haven't even dived into any of the benefits of meditation today True. Um, that could be another podcast I wanted Jane to just I think shed some light on the simplicity of sitting still and steer yeah. away from the word mindfulness and meditation because it brings with it it's own context whereas everyone knows what sitting still is and the actual act of sitting still can be so potent if you actually do it so that was the whole purpose of the podcast it's kind of like sitting on a train and gazing out the window how how good that feels sometimes Mm. everyone knows that feeling of just Mm. um, you know watching the world go by Mm. and perhaps this is simply done with a little more intention Mm. yeah Awesome. Thanks, Janelle. My pleasure. Thanks, Jane. Okay, bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Wellness Alchemy podcast. Please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast to help spread inspiration and conversation beyond the Seeds of Health corner of the globe. Until next time, bye for now.